Section 18 of The Seen and the Unseen by Richard Marsh. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sonia. 8. The Diamonds. 2. The Other. Hello, Fungst. Brook. Unannounced, Mr. Brook had entered the room. He had taken Mr. Fungst unawares. Mr. Fungst stared at him amazed. He was a paunchy little man with black curly, well-greased hair, which he parted in the middle. Uninvited, his visitor took a chair. I've only just reached Paris. Left London this afternoon and came straight on here. This is... this is funny. This is very funny indeed. Mr. Fungst said this instead of this, and funny instead of funny. Is is it anything you have come to see about only you my fangst only you the two friends looked at each other mr brooke's lips were parted by a smile there was a curious look in mr fangst's eyes he seemed rather ill at ease that is very funny do you know i was putting a few things together to come over to london to-night to have a little talk with you what was to be the purport of the talk my fangst it was only about a little thing it was just a word i wished to say to you about mr fangst glanced at the floor then up again about the diamond the diamond mr brooke's smile grew more pronounced just a little talk it's sold sold what the diamond a singular change took place in mr fungst's appearance his jaw dropped his eyes seemed to increase in size his paunchy frame seemed to quiver under emotion i found a customer this morning what did you get for it twenty thirty thousand pounds mr brooke laughed outright <laughs> not quite so much as that not so much what did you get for it a thousand down a thousand down a thousand pounds mein gott mr fungst's face was a picture he seemed divided between tears and rage oh harold brooke what a fool you are not such a fool as i look my fungst the stone was a wrong one a wrong one what do you call a wrong one it was afflicted with the shivers cracked my boy it is more than probable that by now it is splintered into dust oh good heavens harold brooke what a fool you are mr fungst raised his two fat hands above his well-oiled head as if he were appealing to the skies it is more than a week ago since i saw in my own stone in the very heart of it a spot like a little speck of light it was only this morning that i observed the same phenomenon in mine i knew from painful experience what it meant you knew what it meant you thought you knew what it meant as a matter of fact you knew nothing at all about it any more than me when i see this little spot i say to myself it is all over you are done for bang goes your little pile i have seen stones begin like that and pulverize within a quarter of an hour 
twenty minutes it is a mystery which no man understands not even the man who thinks he knows the most i was fit to tear my hair i rushed off in a cab determined to sell the stone at any price if i could only be in time you know how they used to do that sort of thing at kimberley as i was in the cab i kept looking at my stone through my spyglass to see how it was getting on my heart was fit to break all of a sudden i see something which i had never seen before the little spot of white light had turned into a little spot of colour it was as though a little spot of blood had gotten into the very centre of the stone i say to myself it is certain that if i try to sell the stone just as it is i shall get nothing for it scarcely anything at all about this affair there is something which i do not understand there is no man living who understands all the ins and outs of diamonds no chemist no scientist i care not who it is there are mysteries about diamonds which never yet have been explained i have known some of them within the range of my own experience so i say to myself there is a mystery in this if i sell the diamond now a loss is certain if i see the mystery through the loss is problematical i will see the mystery through i came back home again i put the diamond away i did not look at it for two whole days when after two whole days i came to open the little box in which i had placed the diamond i scarcely dared to open the lid i felt that as you say my heart was in my boots i felt as though my heart was made of jelly and that it was melting all away mr fungst paused he raised his fat forefinger he pointed it at mr brooke i say to myself have courage then i take a little nip of brandy that give me strength then i have a smoke then i raise the lid mr fungst raised himself on tiptoe he seemed to increase in size my friend there was the diamond but what a diamond it was a rose brilliant but such a rose brilliant as the world has never seen mr brooke laughed a little awkwardly <laughs> i say fungst aren't you piling it on am i piling it on you shall see for yourself if i am piling it on mr fungst took a little leather bag out of an inner pocket of his coat he handed it to mr brooke open it and see if i am piling it on mr brooke untied the cord which bound the neck of the bag within nestled a diamond a rose brilliant but of such a hue red as a rose was not exactly she but it mr brooke feasted his eyes upon its beauties the stone was still uncut its greatest beauties were therefore still unrevealed but even in its rough state it was a masterpiece of light and colour what a stone mr fungst stood in front of his friend he rubbed his hands together he sprang from foot to foot do i pile it on but i say fungst this seems to me very like a miracle i can scarcely credit that such a stone as this was only the other day a pure white diamond with something which looked very like a crack in it i tell you there are mysteries in diamonds which no man understands not any one what are you going to do with it 
that is just the point on which i wish to speak to you you know j f flinders the american millionaire billionaire he must be rather because they say his income is nearly a million yearly he is in paris his daughter is going to be married he is looking for a wedding present for her something a little out of the common i went to him i show him this i tell him i think i know where there is another like it he offered me for the pair for the pair you understand mr fungst leaned over he whispered in his friend's ear you don't mean it to a centim that is what he offered mr brooke whistled and i sold it for a thousand pounds to whom did you sell it to a man named tyrrell mr brooke had risen from his seat he began to walk about the room tyrrell of clerkenwell the same then after all to-night i must go to london it is for me to buy it back again for you mr brooke faced round it strikes me fungst that it's for me to buy it back again very good my friend but it is possible that mr tyrrell may know more about diamonds than you he will want more than his thousand pounds mr brooke bit his lip he knows me he will give me credit as to that we shall see mr fungst began to cram some things into a gladstone bag mr brooke watched him for some moments then he went and touched him on the shoulder look here fungst what are you driving at what do you think you're going to do mr fungst turned to his friend all frankness all i wish is that we should have the pair just you and i mr brooke retained his grasp upon his friend's shoulder nor did he remove his inquisitorial glance from his friend's frank features yes just you with the fingers of his disengaged hand mr brooke tapped himself on the chest and i end of section eighteen